Hello and welcome to the Caregivers Stories podcast, where we discuss all things dementia, including sharing stories of caregivers. My name is Kimberly Scott, and in 2013, my mom was diagnosed with dementia at age 65. And after many years of feeling overwhelmed, I am just now getting comfortable with saying how overwhelming this journey is. According to Google, two thirds of women are caregivers and there are millions of caregivers that go unpaid. I want to let other caregivers know that they're not alone. I really want to educate folks about dementia. I wanna get people talking and having that tough conversation about what if your loved one is diagnosed and just maybe break that cycle of dementia. If you want to share your story or your knowledge and be a guest on Caregiver Stories podcast, visit thatkimberly.com, scroll all the way to the bottom to listen on whichever platform you'd like, and then there's also a place there for you to sign up. The different platforms you can catch this podcast on is iTunes, Spotify, Google, YouTube, and now Amazon Alexa. But now that I got all that out of the way, I want to introduce my guest today, Miss Angela Dix, the, hold on one second, that's why there's an editor, Miss Angela Dix, she is the author of Living Within Their Shadows, a caregiver's A to Z navigation guide for dementia and Alzheimer's. Hi, Angela. Hi, Kimberly. Thank you for the invitation. You're very welcome. Thank you for being with me today. So tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you came into the world of dementia. Well, I, be, I joined the world of dementia <laughs> as most caregivers accidentally. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was thrust into it. My mother was um, diagnosed at age 61. Actually, it's when it showed up. Uh, she was working full time. And she started uh, repeating herself and wrecking the car. Uh, she was missing work chronically. She would stay in the bed with the covers over her head. And I thought that she was just depressed. Uh -huh. um, she worked for a shelter for battered oh. women. So I Hold on. Hold on. Uh-oh. Hold on one second. You might have to repeat that because the screaming in the background came, you could hear that. Okay. It, you, you heard screaming? Yeah. Someone said, no. Oh, I don't know. That wasn't where I am. Uh-oh. Okay. Let me see, make sure there's only just you and I on here. Yes. Okay. Okay. Is it, are we, are we good? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So, so just start, start from the part where you said, um, that she would stand in the bed. Okay. And you thought she was depressed. So just restate uh, that. Okay. Uh, the, the, the early signs and I didn't know they were signs, but, uh, she would chronically take off from work. Uh, she would stay in the bed with the covers pulled over her head. Uh, she was wrecking the car. It wow. Went, you know, one time she went to the grocery store and came back and the front of the car, the hood was in a V shape. And she said that 
pole jumped out and hit the car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've heard that one. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and of course, uh, like I said, repeating herself in conversation, um, thought she was just depressed uh, because she, at the time, was working for a shelter for battered women. And um, I figured that was it. And uh, I have a sibling that uh, has some neurological issues and they were out of remission. So the combination, you know. Uh, of all of it, of all of it could definitely. Yes. yes, early signs of dementia show up in a lot of, it mimics a lot of different things. Yeah. Uh, you know, it could be, I remember the doctors asking me uh, if she used alcohol mm-hmm. and I, she didn't, mm-hmm. you know, they couldn't understand it. Um, so you took her, so did you take her immediately to see a general, you know, practitioner doctor, or did you take her to, um, neurologist or psychologist? Everybody starts in a different place. Well, she, she already had her own primary care physician. Okay. Um, and so I was following what they were doing, uh, at the time, they had her on, um, which was a common medication, uh, Aricet. Mm-hmm. And I researched that to find out what that was and how it worked. Um, and then we went to a psychologist because it, it takes a while to get them diagnosed again because it looks like uh, symptoms of so many other um, illnesses. Yeah. Uh so the, the psychologist was the one that actually determined that she had dementia. Uh, they gave her a reading test uh, in conversation. Uh, you know, they would have different conversations with her to find out uh, how she was following the conversation. Mm-hmm. I would go in uh, prior to them testing her. And I would tell the doctor, okay, I'm going to give you a signal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when she, when dementia shows up, then I'm going to give you a signal that's dementia because you won't know. She sounds like her usual professional self. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. they, they like to hide, not on purpose, but they, they know there's something happening and they're trying to mask it or just hold, hold thing. I, I mean, I felt like that's what my mom did to, and in front of people that didn't know her well or only saw her once a year or once every couple months. So that, that way they, it, she wouldn't appear as there being anything, you know, off or wrong, but people right. who knew her well, like her friends were the ones who came to me and said, there's something wrong. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, I get what you're saying. Like, like I'll tell you when it, <laughs> it is yeah. what it is. Like that's her or that's not her. Right. It, it, it looks like they can turn it off and on. Yeah, so what was the what did the results of the test with the psychologist? Well, the test resulted in that she did have dementia. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like I said, they gave her a reading test and she could no longer read. Um, and they, uh, again, the, the, the medications and all, uh, the Aricef and all that, and just watching what that does. For my mother, it didn't work. She had a an allergic reaction to it it uh, caused her blood pressure to to spike 
Mm-hmm. It's a stroke point. That's awful. So at that time, then I, you know, researched um, alternative methods uh, and put her on a holistic regimen, which mm-hmm. worked for a little bit. It, it, it caused her to plateau. You know, we didn't have any, um, you know, of course there's no cure, but at that time I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want you, to, you don't know what you don't know. You just, you just move forward and figure things right. out as you go. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's what happens. And that's, you, you hit the nail on the head. That's why I wrote the book. Yeah. Because caregivers don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And this is to, uh, to help, you know, navigate all of this, uh, and, 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 and reduce some of the stress. Yes, it, it is something. And, and even when you do go online, there's a lot, there's mm-hmm. so much, it's very overwhelming. I mean, I know just from my, you know, I was in my late thirties and you running a business, you know, you know, she was, you know, my mom and, and I, I don't know if you had this struggle, but you know, I'm the youngest, I'm the only girl. And, you know, she ran the family household. So, you mm-hmm. know, it was very difficult for her to admit that she needed any kind of help. And then when she did, she absolutely was like, no, you don't, I don't want you coming home to do this. This is not your responsibility, but I was going to be the only child that did it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So it, it was that put that pool, you know? So I just wanted to figure it out. I wanted to get her in a place where it, you know, there was some sort of routine and there was a schedule and, and that I could have, I, I know I couldn't have control over everything, but just many things. What was the first thing that you found was helpful in you doing, you know, in this process with your mom? Well, just like you said, and it's not, actually, I'm the oldest. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, but parents in general, well, my parents always said, I'm, uh, I'm the parent, you're the child. Yes. Yes. You know, and I'm thinking, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But if life keeps going on and you're getting worse, so yeah. <laughs> you know, then uh, then that's when you have to. Um, and I and I have this also in the book. Is I call it creative manipulation. Mm-hmm. But you you have to navigate them. You have to manipulate them like you would a toddler. Yes. Redirect them, and and you don't tell them everything. In fact, you don't tell them most things. <laughs> yeah. High level, high level and redirection is key. Yes, yes, yes absolutely. Um, you know, with the, with the financial piece of it, um, I, I remember I had to uh, just confiscate her checkbook. Mm-hmm. She was writing uh, uh, checks to her sorority. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and she hadn't thought about them since she graduated. Ah, she bought an alumni book, uh-huh. and the kids in there could have been her grandchildren. Wow. And, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to pay your bills and mine out of my income? <laughs> it's yeah. not going to work. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I took the checkbook home, and she called and asked me about it. And I said, well, I'll, I'll look for it tomorrow when I'm there. Mm -hmm. I did did I do a lot of that still yes (laughs) you have to you have to yeah you have to do whatever is necessary 
to function not only in that moment, but going forward. Yeah. And you just don't, you don't discuss it with them. Yeah. Cause it upsets them. Well, yeah, it creates a war. Yeah. And so you, you want to keep the whole situation as in under as much control as possible. Yeah. Uh, that's even, the key. Yeah. That's the key. Even, even with their, uh, repeating themselves oh yes you know I've told uh, people that I've coached um, go where they are and either do not respond or just respond wherever they are yeah yeah and don't Uh, don't use the words and it took me about a year to realize this but don't use the words remember I told you or mm -hmm. or act frustrated be as calm as humanly possible like you said you know, not answering from my mom. I can't do that because she's going to ask me until I answer. So mm-hmm. I would just answer her and I got used to it. I had a, another friend that um, she said that she would make, you know, humorous jokes to make him, you know, her husband laugh. And so I think I'm going to try that now. But like in mm-hmm. the beginning, I would get so frustrated and overwhelmed with, and now I just know it's just the way it is. I just, mm-hmm. you, you have to make up an answer yeah and not make them feel bad about it otherwise Mm -hmm. that makes it worse and you know the other thing uh, i could not use the word dementia ah that was a battle oh wow um i I couldn't use the phrase memory loss Mm -hmm. she she didn't accept the diagnosis when when the psych when you went to the psychiatrist the psychologist well, no, but because she didn't even know she had a problem. Uh, okay. She didn't know she had dementia. She just thought that everything was normal. Mm. So that's what I'm saying. They can they can live and die with dementia and Alzheimer's and not even know it. Yeah. Some of them can, um, will recognize that there is a problem. But for the most part, they don't know they don't know that uh they're they're not normal yeah yeah and that's what makes it hard for the caregiver because the caregiver is seeing them physically and it's like okay this is my parent or this is my husband or whoever Mm -hmm. physically yes but otherwise they are they're not themselves yeah and you don't know who they are and and they can't tell you who they are because they don't know yeah yeah so it's a big discovery for everybody uh but i i have found that the the less you tell them about their situation and just navigate it and make things happen Uh uh-huh the easier it is for the caregiver and 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 it's you know the easier it is for the for the patient yeah yeah Uh, Absolutely. I would agree with that. And doing whatever it takes for the best of their well-being right. and to control the situation is right. something that was hard for me to um, explain to others, I guess, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I would, did you find that to be something, you know, with her, like say her friends or her work environment and things of that sort, did people not understand in the beginning? Well, yeah, in the beginning and through the whole process, because again, if you have not directly dealt with that, and I mean on a day-to-day basis, you don't understand it, Mm -hmm. you know, because just like 
for the caregiver, outside people are looking at the patient as, well, I know you. <laughs> you knew them when they were healthy. You mm -hmm. don't know them as a dementia patient. Exactly. So they don't know the dementia person, and they don't know how to connect with them. You know? uh -oh. Hold on one second. That was I heard a little kid in the background. I did too. I wonder if there's another. And there's nobody there with you. No. Oh. Okay. Um. Just restate that last sentence where you said they don't know how to um, connect, connect with that. Yeah, they don't know dementia. They don't know how to connect. Yes, they, they don't know how to connect with a person with dementia because they've never experienced it. Yeah. And so it, it, it's all foreign, and they're trying to communicate uh, with that individual as they were when they were normal. Yeah. And that absolutely. person doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's just a shell of the person. I had to explain that to my nieces and my nephews and, and, um, and you know, people that she was around for my mother that was around, she'd already retired. Um, let me start that over again. Yeah, no, that was somebody. Guess okay. That's where I am. Okay. Um, so, um, let me wait till he stops talking. Okay, so that's what I had to explain to people because she had already retired and people that only saw her on a, you know, once a quarter or, you know, once in a blue moon situation that if they, she asked a couple of questions, I would, you know, say, I would, I would greet them in advance or, or text them and, you know, so that they would be understanding and not feel uncomfortable and not look at her strange, you know, because then that's where they get, you know, um, I felt like she would get confused or angry or upset mm -hmm. if, if they said, I already told you that, or, you know, things of that sort. I just tried to lessen it and protect her in that way. So people would just be a little bit more understanding. But then again, if, because we're living longer, people just don't know what they don't know about this, whether that if they haven't experienced it through having a loved one, then they just don't know what that, what it's like, you know? Right, right, exactly. And, and having these sort of conversations are, you know, you know, you know. Right. So right. you, like you writing your book is, is helpful, you know, because then it educates people. Mm -hmm. They know that there's a reference, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and then just, talking to others, it, you know, I, I believe that helps spread the word because somebody else will, will say, Oh, you know, you should go check out, you know, Angela's book, or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to read it. You should go and, you know, you know, once I can give that reference, mm -hmm. um, and just being able to speak on the building, the awareness that, you know, I, I, that's the whole reason behind this is to get people talking about and having the conversation Exactly. Because um, there are so many people out there. Did you, at the time when you, um, your mom was diagnosed, they said dementia, did they ever uh, give it any more of a, in, you know, because I do know that like de dementia, I'm thinking back to when you said the doctor asked if your mom, you know, drank alcohol, 
now I know that, you know, people with, that are alcoholics can have dementia, but did you know that like that it's a symptom of other, you know, diseases or was that something that you learned over time? Uh, that was something that I learned during research uh, for the book, okay. which was after she passed and after my dad passed. Oh, and, uh, hold on one second. There was a, okay. so just restate the statement of it was after you did research for the book and after your mom and dad passed. Right. I, I learned that after, I learned that after, um, my, my, both parents had passed after my, my dad was the second one to pass. Uh, so during research, then, then that's when I learned the different levels of, or the different types of dementia, um, and what those look like, why, you know, like, for instance, we were speaking of alcoholism. Uh, it, it's really, <laughs> It's it's a it's a it's a disease that it's a disease with a lot of question marks, mm -hmm. because again nobody really knows what the root cause of dementia is, and they don't and there is no cure. Oh yeah, there's no cure. <laughs> you know, so it's almost it's almost like you're 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 dealing with it in the dark. Yeah, and that was the other reason for writing the book again i had a lot of caregivers um not just dementia caregivers and alzheimer's but caregivers in general mm -hmm. you know um they would call me and and there's there's even um, a chapter in there that deals with the finances finances but it talks about um what to do how to protect your your assets from um, having to liquidate mm -hmm. to go into a facility, mm -hmm. you know. Um, uh, I just coached somebody last night uh, about sundowning. Yes, their mother uh, has been in a facility uh, and now has been diagnosed. Recently, been diagnosed with dementia, and they're moving her from um, assistant living to um, skilled care mm -hmm. and this individual didn't know anything about sundowning uh, wow. so he was explaining what sundowning is you know when you it's literally what it says when the sun goes down dementia <laughs> mm -hmm. escalates and they start wandering around um, or they get very my mom gets very nervous doesn't want to be outside her home she actually, she's the opposite. Like she wants to be in for the night. She wants to be watching her television or playing her, you know, she plays games on a, on a little mini iPad. Mm -hmm. um, and she doesn't want, she doesn't want to participate in anything outside of that, you know? Um, okay. Yeah. So That's, I'm lucky, I guess. Yeah. You're lucky and hopefully uh, she'll way. stay that way. Yeah. yeah. Because when they wander, I remember uh, some of the neighbors you know, would call and say, you know, I saw your mom going down the street and I brought her back home. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, and this would be during the day. We put a lock at the top of the, the front door so mm -hmm. that she couldn't uh, open the door at night <laughs> to go out. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard stories of that before. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and caregivers need to know, I, I've, 
I, my parents did not live with me when they were sick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the caregivers have to have a refuge. Yes. They have to have a refuge. If you're dealing with that every day, and as a caregiver, you will deal with it every day, you have to be able to, um, again, have a refuge, have a break at night. And you don't really ever have a break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it has to resemble a break. If that's that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, take care of yourself first, so you can take care of others. And if exactly. you have to, if they have to live with you, mm-hmm. because not everybody can, you know, have you know, sometimes that that does occur. Then make sure you take care of yourself first. Take that break, even if it's an hour a day. Mm-hmm. They, I know that there are programs, um, and I don't. I don't know enough about it, but I, from some, a lot of the stories of caregivers that there are, um, what they call respite, you know, yes. you know, day, day, adult daycares that yes. is, you know, is that, am I speaking correctly when I say yes, this, you that, that you can take your loved one there and get that break if it's an hour or, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we, so, we did that. Mm-hmm. We did that. I had my mother in day, uh, daycare during the day. Mm-hmm. because it was too dangerous uh, yeah. to be at home. And the, and the other thing is the respite piece is, is exact. Okay. And you can, um, they can go to a facility for a, a week, a few days, whatever, and your, their insurance should cover that. Okay. The insurance to cover that. Um, and, and I didn't know about that when we were going through it, dealing with it. I don't even know if that piece existed back then. Yeah, a lot has changed. <laughs> a lot has changed. But I strongly suggest that for caregivers because you need that break. Yeah, You need Absolutely. that break. It, you know, the, the, the first main piece of all of it is, is have your what I call power tools your directives, the uh, um, power of attorney for uh, health uh, and finances or guardianship. Okay. Guardianship is, 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 is through the courts. If, they, if the loved one cannot grant you power of attorney. The other piece is scheduling. You have to schedule everything and everyone not only for the patient but for yourself you have to Mm -hmm. create systems yeah to get through that um and every day is not going to be the same every actually every hour is not yeah thing you never know you never know Yeah. Yeah. yeah so your book has all those things in it where um how can someone um, you know, connect with you and or uh, purchase the book? Uh, you can purchase the book through Amazon. Okay. Uh, it's on Amazon. That's the, that's the only place you can actually purchase it. Okay. Um, you can reach me uh, via email at, and I'm sorry, I have more than one email, so I'm trying to think of which one is. Pick, well, well, let me have you restate when, so what we're, we're going to, because we're going to wrap up, but I'm, let me have you restate where they purchase it and then state the name of the book again. Okay, you can purchase uh, the book on Amazon. Hold on, 
Hold on two seconds. Okay, now, wait a minute. I hear something and now go. Okay. Okay, you can purchase the book on Amazon. Uh, it's Living Within Their Shadows, a Caregiver's A to Z Navigation Guide for Dementia and Alzheimer's. This book, I wrote this book specifically to and for caregivers. Awesome. Awesome. And how can people connect with you if they want to email you? Okay. If they want to email me, they can um, reach me at um, ARD, is in David, dot uh, simplifying now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, That's good. I'm, 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 I have more than one email address. So I'm trying to make sure I give them the right one. Yeah. ARD.simplifyingnow uh, at gmail.com. Okay. So it's A as in Angela, R as in Roger? Yes. And D as in Dix? Yes. Correct? Yes. Dot. Dot. Sim simplifying now at gmail.com okay got it and um are you and you're on linkedin as well i'm on linkedin also um i don't it's the book is actually also on facebook okay um i that's really just you know to get the word out um but it, yeah it's also on facebook okay so they can read about it on, they can get some highlights on Facebook as well. Right. Okay. Awesome. Well, I, I want to thank you so much for joining me today um, and sharing your story. And I can't thank you enough for writing that book. I just wish I, you know, <laughs> our paths would have crossed earlier, but you know, Hey, now, now they're here now and there's lots that we can share. You yes. guide each other on. So yes. I do appreciate you. Um, and, um, I do my wrap up, so I'm going to start that. Well, Kimberly, I want to thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, thank you for the exposure. Thank you for helping to get the word out. Uh, because for whatever reason, this is, that's the hardest piece. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are resources for caregivers I don't know why they're not really readily available. There's um, so much. It's so much that it's very overwhelming. You don't know where to start. Nobody, I mean, it's just. Exactly. Overwhelming. That's the best I can say. And, so. and again, that's why I wrote the book because yeah. no one knows where to start. Yeah. Uh, there's also a piece in the book. There's a chapter about the most important conversation to have. Yes list of questions to ask yes. your loved one, you know, yes. um, there, there's a chapter in there it's called you, <laughs> you know, taking care of yourself. Yeah. Uh, when I said A to Z, I actually meant A to Z. Everything that we went through, everything that I learned through that whole process is in the book. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And I can tell you that, um, well, this part won't be in this in this episode, but I, I want to give you an, a, a website of a, of a group of individuals that, that they have their books um, mm -hmm. listed that that people 
uh, go to, I met uh, that I had another uh, podcast with a woman who was a, um, it was about spouses. So, um, but I'll, I'll tell you that here in a second once I stop recording, but um, I'm going to wrap and just say until next week, remember sharing is caring and to the caregivers listening in the words of Dottie Gandhi, you have my undying love, gratitude and admiration. And to those that have not had that conversation with their family members about dementia, please start talking about, talk, start talking about the what if, and remember tomorrow is promised to no one. So thank you again. I appreciate you so much, Angela. Thank um, you, Kimberly. Thank you. Here, I'm going to pause this. Stop. I'm just let me hit.